Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo, welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga-Podcast from the Football Grad Network. Manuel Weff speaking. Um, Bryce Dunn off and away um, doing all the things stack do I'm, I'm hearing um, through the grapevine. Anyhow, let's before we kick off this off, let's talk about the match day 33 results. Well, first up, we had Augsburg 3, Hertha 4, Hannover finally picking up a win over Freiburg 3-0, Hoffenheim 0, Bremen 1, Nürnberg 0, Gladbach 4, Mm, impressive stuff by Gladbach. Stuttgart also picking up a win. 3-0 over Wolfsburg. Leverkusen 1-1 against Schalke. Oh, we kind of hinted last week that they're the sort of side that can go hot and cold and they do it once again. Dortmund 3. Düsseldorf 2. And that keeps Dortmund's title hopes alive as Leipzig draws 0-0 against Bayern. And then on Sunday, we had the Sunday afternoon game. A bit different than usual because uh, Frankfurt were in the Europa League and um, devastated in the Europa League semifinal to lose on penalties and maybe a little bit of a hangover. They lose 0-2 to Mainz today in the Rhein-Main derby. Um, joining me today, and it's just two of us, um, Chris William. It's recovering from Liverpool's dramatic um, end of the season, so he's not joining us today either. But that's okay because I'm joined by Jack Grimms. Jack, how's it going? I am great, Manu. Thanks for having me back on. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking Bundesliga. Yeah, I'm really excited because usually when it's just the two of us, we talk MLS. So a little bit of a different setup today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit and. Uh, just getting back in, where you mentioned all the results. Uh, Gladbach, I think that was their first win since the 9th of March in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, it, what a huge result it happens to be, too. And we, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I think we need to talk to about what happened at the two big games, right? I'm going to jump right into the title race because it is a title race, though. And I think going into the season... One of the things that we talked about on this podcast in great length was the fact that we hadn't had a title race in so long. Bayern's dominance has been so oppressive over this league. Um, I'm not saying impressive. I'm saying oppressive with reason because, you know, usually <laughs> by, by March it was over, um, sometimes in February. And we're heading into match day 34, Jack, and we don't know where it's going to end up. I mean, that for me, is like Christmas, Easter, and my birthday all in one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, you were saying right before the show, you're like, I don't know which stadium going to be at next weekend, either the Allianz Arena for Bayern Frankfurt or at Borussia Park for Gladbach Dortmund. But, yeah, it's, but, it's it's all in up in the. I mean, it always depends on the accreditation gods, right? The the media team at the respective Bundesliga clubs. Um, I've been I've been to Bayern quite a bit, and I, I'm hoping to be at Bayern on the weekend because um, Munich is where I'm from. It's my it's my hometown, and uh, it would be kind of nice because I'm flying in. Um, I have a Wednesday game between the Whitecaps and Atlanta, so I have to cover that game for Pro Soccer USA. And then on, on Thursday, I'm jumping on a flight, thankfully directly Vancouver to Munich. So, um, nice and smooth. And it would actually be kind of nice not to say hello, goodbye to my parents and head off to Gladbach. Um, <laughs> being in Munich might, might be much nicer. And I think, you know, because the way this is shaping up, Jack, is we, we're not knowing where the title is. Either way, Munich, it will be such an amazing story because the story right now is, are they going to win that seventh title in a row, right? Which would be going by the way the season has been for Bayern. It would be actually a huge turnaround for them. Or are Dortmund going to claw back, you know, after having led the Bundesliga for most of the season, dominated the league and then really fallen apart around February? Are they going to be, is Dortmund going to last second draw the title back and bring it bring it take it away from Munich for the first time in six years and I think either way it's going to be interesting to be in Munich to see what happens you know just to, to yeah, experience yeah. it totally and and I like how you kind of preface that by talking about dormant season because I think going in it's been said before by many people but going into the year dormant should have been really nowhere near the title it wasn't. It was a season to kind of get going under Favre, and they have a very, very young squad. So the fact that they're even hanging in there on the last day with a chance to win it is really impressive. I'm, I'm glad you bring that up um, before we talk about these games too, because and I said this already last week. Um, the fact that I remember when I, was in, when I was in Dortmund in November, and I asked Favre about how impressed he has been with the performance. And this was just after they beaten Monaco 3-0 in the Champions League, right? Um, I think that was their third win. Uh, yeah, the third win in the, in the group phase. And he became very defensive. He's like, give us time. We need time. Come on, please. You know, the way he always answers every question, he like his eyes open very wide and he becomes very dramatic almost. And he's like, please, please give us time. We need time. This is not the <laughs> side that we want to be in. And I mean, they've been at that point, they've been running away with everything. I mean, they ended up beating Atletico Madrid at home. What was it? 4-0, I think, right? They were just smashing everyone. And they, they, the football was just so very good to watch. But I, I loved how honest they were. They were almost scared by their by their own success at that stage because it was coming almost too fast at them and they didn't know how to handle it. And, and then when finally when they came to terms with the fact that they could win the title, it, it it seemed to kind of slip away from them. Like the moment they said, okay, now we want to win the title, they're like, the wheels almost came off, right? Because all Yeah, of a exa sudden, exactly. There was there was so much pressure then. It's like they, they hadn't thought about that before and then they're like, oh man, we, we could be in the race. Yeah. <laughs> We didn't expect to be here, but now we are. What are we, what are we going to do with it? Right. That was the big, the big question for them almost. And it's, it's kind of funny because that was around the time 
again when i did my last german trip because i spent all of february there um and when i think i went to eight or nine different games around around the country and um the feeling was very much that this is it you know they are not going to lose the title no way they're not they're not going to lose it they're going to win it they they're nine points ahead it's going to happen um everyone expected it this this is going to be the big change over on the top of the Bundesliga forever people are saying oh Bayern are on the descendancy they're not a big club anymore um they they are not competitive Kovac isn't the right coach yada 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 and um well now Dortmund are two points behind Bayern on the final match day you know Bayern basically clawing back 11 points even though they've dropped points against Freiburg drop points against Leverkusen, drop points against Nuremberg, and now drop points against Leipzig, and they still manage to be two points ahead. So it's 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 a really interesting interesting story right now in the Bundesliga, I find. Yeah, it's it's a little bit we were just talking a little bit about the show about or before the show about the Premier League of how Liverpool yeah. only lost one game and didn't win the title. But like yeah, they're both both sides I think just yeah, four losses for each Bayern and Dortmund. Dortmund with seven draws, Bayern only six. But it it kind of shows that the league has been more competitive this year. Mm. And I think that's a good thing. And and from Dortmund's perspective, even if they don't lift the Meisterschale next week, then it will have, be good experience for all of those players in the long run because a lot of them are really just in their early 20s. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened on the weekend. The Bayern game. Let's start with the Bayern game against Leipzig. And this is a game that was built... Um, as the clash of the two future giants of German football because of what Leipzig wants to become, right? And I think we've seen glimpses of that this year. Um, in the second half of the season, they were the most consistent team in German football, I thought. And they are just, you know, they are just nine points behind Bayern at this stage. Um, which in previous, yeah, they, yeah which in know, previous sorry, years would have been, um, you know, enough for second place. So they, they've been really good. Um, and I think they, they want to become that team that wants a challenge for the title in coming years. Yeah. And th there's really no reason to think that they shouldn't be able to, because at the beginning of the year, I don't know if it was Europa League group stage play and qualification, but they kind of got off to a slow start. But something that's been consistent for them over the whole season has been their outstanding defensive record. Only nine goals allowed yeah. at home in 17 matches. That's, that's incredible. Best defense in the league with only 27 yeah. goals conceded overall. And yeah, you mentioned, I think, um, the only defeat in the Rückrunde was against Dortmund on match day 18. And since then, they have won every single game. They have won all but one game on the road, right? Um, that was the 3 3 incredible draw against Mainz. And then, um, of course, they held Bayern to a 0 0 draw in a game that could have gone either way. So I, I think what we're seeing, and I thought it was really interesting how they said that, um, this is going to be the game that next year could be a title game, right? Um, the way things are going. So, um, I think they really want to set the tone. They wanted to set that tone in that game. And they, of course, also set the tone for the cup final, <laughs> which is, which is just in a couple of weeks as well. So there was a lot on the line for this match. Um, the title, the fact that Leipzig wanted to set the tone. And then uh, somewhat ironically, Dortmund hoping that Leipzig, um, you know, would, would take points of Bayern. And it did just that. I check, how did you find that offside, um, decision? There's a lot of talks about that in Germany. 
Was it offside? Was it not offside? For me, it's quite clear offside is black and white. So if the toe is over the line, the toe is over the line, it's offside. But uh, just your takeaways on that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting to me because the thing that we always hear about with VAR is that it should be a clear and obvious error mm. for the play to get looked at uh, retrospectively, I guess. Um, first, I'll just say too bad for Leon Goretzka because that was a smashing finish. I think it was hard done by for him to have that goal <laughs> taken away because it was just such a good finish. But yeah, like you said, if if you're going to have a rule where there's the line, if the offside line, if any part of your body is fasted, then it is offside. So it was just really, really hard to tell because we didn't get that view at it until a little bit later. But I mean, if <laughs> it was really close, but I'm going to have to trust the the referees there and thinking that Lewandowski was offside. I was just watching it on a smaller screen and couldn't really see in, in great detail that it was clearly offside. Yeah, the toe, the tiny toe, um, any part of the body that you can use for scoring, including your hands and arms, believe it or not, um, count as offside. So, you know, if your toe is over the line, it's kind of like, you know, when the ball has to be completely over the line as well. A little bit over exactly, the line. Exactly. A little bit over the line doesn't matter. And then it's good. Offside is the opposite. A little bit over the line matters, you know, like anything over the line. If he's, if, if a fraction of his hair, technically, if you can measure that, uh, we can't quite measure that, but if we could, that would count. You're offside. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so I, I thought it was really funny that people were saying, well, it's just a little bit offside. It's like, there is not a little bit offside. It's like, it's like saying you are just a little bit pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or the, but yeah, it's a good point to bring up the the goal line technology either because it's like oh the ball was only completely over the line by five millimeters. It's like, oh, it's like well that's the goal decision system, so it should be. I think it should be exactly the same. And and when VAR was being introduced, that was my problem with it was that oh well it's going to be the human deciding it, and as opposed to the goal line technology, which says yes, no, like black, white, in. Or goal, no mm. goal, offside, onside. Like I, I totally agree with you from that perspective. I think that that's an interesting discussion point, right? With the uh, that was a black and white decision, and lots of people are debating about it. Oli Hoeneß was just absolutely furious. I understand. I understand why. I mean, it's an emotional game, but um, yeah, yeah, he wanted to have the title in his hands. Yeah, <laughs> with a, before the final day. Exactly before the final day, and I mean, there is now a chance that it might not go to Munich. Um, you know, something that Bayern fans are not used to, but it could happen. But um, I, you know, one of the debating points was the handball. You know, that's we have the uh, referees can look at the decision. Handball. Every league in Europe um, has different parameters when it comes to handball. In England, they they, they use different parameters than they use in Germany. So uh, it seems the, like every individual game, it can be yeah. different. <laughs> so in Spain, they've decided that they don't even complain about it anymore, which is probably a good idea because no one gets it. In, in Germany, there's a lot of debate. And I think almost, first of all, I, I already, my point, I already said that last week, um, just get rid of penalties for handballs in the box, period. Just make it a free kick. But maybe it's also something that shouldn't be decided on VAR because you you said it like that it's it's just another pair of eyes looking at the decision that you could decide that you know you asked five different people about whether it was something was a handball you get five different opinions um so it's the same with VAR so maybe this shouldn't go maybe handballs just shouldn't go to VAR 
and just make it with things like goal line technology. That's a black and white decision. Offside, black and white decision. Uh, sometimes fouls, like if it's like, if it's a really obvious missed error on a foul, I, I get that. Like an elbow to the face, for example, right? Um, someone. Yeah, yeah, like violent conduct. I, th- I think so. Yeah, exactly. So those, those are, are usually quite obvious. But with a handball where everyone has a different view, uh, maybe not so much. But I think with this one, I don't understand the debate because he was offside. You know, I saw someone do, <laughs> do a poll on, um, online asking people whether, whether he thinks, whether people think this was offside or not. That's like me looking out of the weather, seeing that it's sunny out and saying, Oh, do people think it's sunny out or not? <laughs> yeah and the the thing for me always too about that is a lot of times the var official has a different camera angles or different footage that they're looking at than what is generally released to the public either via the broadcast mm-hmm. or some other method so there's always going to be someone tweeting a photo that's not from exactly like um, perpendicular to the situation. So yeah. when you're looking at it from an angle, it's really hard to tell the offside line. And, you know, in the, unless you have that, the angle that the VR official saw, it's hard to say, oh, okay. But I mean, that's the beauty of Twitter, I guess. <laughs> yeah, those always tick me. I, I, I love those. Some guys like, how is that offside? And it's like, mate, he hasn't even played the ball yet. <laughs> Oh, it's like a yeah, really, really sideways view of it, right? And it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have I don't the know, technology. Until we have the, the robot referee from the FIFA video game series, I think it's <laughs> there's always going to be an element of human error, which I don't know. I think, the, I think that human error does add something to the game, but I do understand why you need VAR in the biggest games because like in the... In the Champions League, it's the biggest stage. There's so much on the line, and I guess that means money. But there's so much on the line that you have to try to get the call right. But then again, we saw in Real Madrid Ajax that the one of the goals that Ajax scored, the ball maybe had gone over the touch line on yeah. the on the side, and that's not a reviewable play. And that's always been one of my biggest worries or hesitations for VAR to get involved in every competition because if you look at um, like the NFL, they have things that are classified as non-reviewable plays. And it's like, well, why do you have review if you can't review that specific type of a play? Mm. It, it, does, it doesn't make sense. It's a fair point. And, you know, there's there's a lot of people now saying um, they want the coaches challenge introduced like they have in hockey. Oh, my God, that, that would be the downfall of everything. <laughs> I, I don't know. You don't, you don't need to have so many more commercial breaks. Sorry, but I don't know if you were saying anything else on that point. I could totally cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good idea if you get rid of any other VAR. So if a, if a coach can have a play reviewed once, or here's an idea. Every time a play is reviewed, they lose one substitution if they're wrong. Right? Yeah, that could be interesting. Like you lose your timeout in hockey. Um, so I, I think there's, I, I think in, in, in football in general, the, room for experimentations with rules is a lot lower than it is in traditional North American sports. We both live in North America. So we, I mean, in hockey, this is the big sport in Canada that they do a lot of experimenting with different sports. And I, I like that because it's, it is a tweaking. Um, yes, this is an old sport. The rules in, in football are a lot easier than they are in most traditional North American sports. So you don't want to tweak it too much, but sometimes like, sometimes I feel 
a couple changes just would make it better. Like get rid of penalties for handballs. That would already end the discussion right there. Call everything a handball, um, no matter what, but don't award a penalty for it. So then it doesn't become as big of a deal anymore, right? Um, yeah, yeah. A free kick in the box, yes, it's still a massive goal-scoring situation, but it's not a 70% goal, right? It, it changes the complexity of the game, and I think it would change it for the better because I don't think a handball should be um, should be the same as, um, you know, fouling someone in the box. It's, it's two completely different um, errors in the game. So Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. Like denying the last man opportunity is not the same thing as your hand accidentally getting in the way. Like Suarez handballing it on the line in the World Cup. That's yeah, so you could still make that a penalty. Simple, but yeah. yeah. No, the, the rules... Because everything is everything is the referee's discretion at yeah. the end of the day, isn't it? It's his interpretation of the laws. Yeah. But so if you deny a goal, it should always be a red card and a penalty, whether it's a foul or a handball. But if it's just a normal handball, I would just make it a free kick, right? Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that, that would end that whole black and white discussion. And then VAR wouldn't be something that would be used for that anymore because it's not used for free kicks, right? <laughs> so, um, that would <laughs> yeah. end, end that entire problem all gone. So yeah, I guess we kind of, you know, the big, the, the discussion point for, for this game was that VAR call. I think the, the referees came down with the wrong, right decision and, in the end, that meant that Leipzig held Bayern to a 0-0 draw, which brings us to Dortmund, Jack, and um, another very traumatic game by the Black and Yellows. And yeah, it was it was uh, really emotional from the beginning. Not yeah. to Americanize it again, but it, it is Christian Pulisic's last game at the Signal Iduna Park, mm. so it was always going to be a big occasion, and um. It looked like he may have kind of done something to his head when he headed in that opening goal. Um, I saw some tweets. It was like, look how much it means to him. And everyone was replying. It's like, well, I think he injured his head. <laughs> That's why he's holding his head. But uh, I don't know. It, it was good to see him go off with with a win. Yeah. And I mean... Fortuna Düsseldorf did not make it easy for them. Well, it shouldn't, because that's what we want. And they, they've been really one of the more more pleasant surprises, yeah. I think, in the Bundesliga this year too. I, I'm glad you're bringing up Christian Pulisic because I've been very critical of him this season. Um, a lot of people are saying it's because of his injuries, etc. But um, it's it's a bit more than that. He just didn't work well in Faber's system. But he's been he was great against Bremen. He was good in this game. And he's he stepped up when Marco Royce, you know, with the two games that Royce has missed, and he's going to be back for the final game against Gladbach. He's really stepped up and taking over that role. Um, you know, when it when it really mattered for Dortmund. Um, of course they should have beaten Bremen. Um, with those two extra points, they would be now level with Bayern. Just imagine that. But you know, he was excellent in that game. Scored in that game against Bremen, and then scored um against. Düsseldorf, and I think there was a lot of pressure put on him to by Dortmund to say, "Okay, look, Royce is out. This is your moment. You know, the moment that you've been waiting for all season. Because if you're always going to play Jaden Sancho, that's just how it is, right? Um, he had a little bit of an injury, so that's why he didn't start. But like, we, we're always going to start Jaden Sancho over you because you're too similar of a player to Royce, and playing both you and Royce together, it, it's just something that doesn't work." So unfortunately for you, in your last year, you're going to play a little bit of an understudy role. Royce was went out, he came in, and he was excellent in both games. And I think that says quite a lot about his character. 
Yeah, I, I think so. He He's still young, but at this point, he's a very mature player. He's been around the block a, a few times, and... He know like I don't know I I think if you asked him he would say that he knows that Sancho came in and caught fire and was just undroppable and like like you said too similar of a player to Royce you can't have them both doing like doing the same role in the team. Yeah, I, that's that's like that's basically it'd be really interesting because I talked to a bunch of people in Dortmund. Uh, one of the reasons why I went in November is because I did um, a feature article on Pulisic's situation at B4B at the time, right? And, um, broke down the numbers, et cetera. And, um, one thing that they, everyone said is like, they're going to sell him. Um, not because they have to, but because they don't really need him anymore. And it's a good time to cash in on an asset. Um, and that sounds really harsh, right? Because this is actually the first time that Bob Dortmund willingly let a player go, knowing that they're going to get a lot of money, but also knowing that, look, this, this, this is, this was a great relationship. It's worked out really well for both parties. But you're not the player that we need at the moment because you, you kind of like a Marco Royce light. Um, and that sounds harsh, but Royce is a gigantic player in Dortmund, right? Um, yeah, that's a big compliment. <laughs> it is a, it's a huge compliment. So it, it might sound harsh, but I don't mean it harsh. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's for them, they, 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 they just like, they, they needed that next step. And 63 million euros is a lot of money for Dortmund, right? It gets and, and, and the time was right too with yeah. Chelsea having the impending transfer ban. That's yeah. when they could maximize the the value from him. They got the they got more out of him, more money from him than many people expected, considering the the contract situation, right? So I think it was it was very important for for both sides to kind of move on because I think Pulisic also needs to make that step somewhere else to to kind of. Um, learn something different and that uh, Dortmund needed the money to bring in players because they need, they need player, players in other areas. I mean, they have, when you look at through their academy system, the young players that they have signed in the past, they have a lot of players like Pulisic in the system. So they need to do something with that money. And they, I, I'm pretty sure they will. So I think it, it, it worked out really well, but the fact that he's now stepped up so, so well in this game, um, I, I thought it's been very impressive and it's going to be interesting to see. Jack, what Favre is going to do on Saturday against Gladbach, Favre's former club, Gladbach, uh, Marco Reus's former club as well, in a game that they need to win, a game that Gladbach also need to win, we get to that in a moment. How, what do you think they're going to do? Are they going to play Pulisic as well? Um, you know, who are you going to drop? Can you drop Pulisic the way he's been playing? I don't think you can. He's been like, you said they they could have used those two more points against Bremen, but if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been in that position to even draw points from. So I I don't know. I don't think he can drop him at this point. Oh, interesting. I, I'm really curious to see what Favre is going to do in that game because they you know that this was an emotional game. They got the three points against Fortuna Düsseldorf. Um, it was you know one nil, one one, two one, three one, three two in the last minute. Hits causing a penalty. Luka Baku missing the penalty. By the way, Luka Baku, what a season he's been having. Hey, um, he's going to go to a real big club uh, in the summer as well. So <laughs> what a roller coaster ride. Um, so it's going to be interesting what Dortmund are going to take from this game and having survived that game and taking the three points from, from such a roller coaster ride. That will surely help them <laughs> in that last match. And then I'm really curious to see how 
what kind of um, conclusions Favre will draw from this match. Yeah, definitely. I'm just wondering if it's going to be the opposite of what we saw in 19, not either of us saw in 1978, but what happened when Gladbach beat Dortmund 12 <laughs> 0. Oh, yeah, right. To, to take the time, well, uh, that's not going to be enough, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, 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 I was kind of a really tongue in cheek tweet from me yesterday. I was like, well, Dortmund are still in it. They just need to hope that Frankfurt can hold Bayern to a draw and then they beat Gladbach 17 0. But. <laughs> That was before the the three two that uh, Dusseldorf had scored, so now they have to win eighteen nil if, <laughs> if it's uh, an even result in Munich. <laughs> that's an, just, that's so harsh. That's unlikely, um, especially since let's talk about. I mean, there, there would be some definitely some fair play officials uh, calling in match fixing into yeah, question if yeah. that would happen. UEFA <laughs> will have to get involved if that happens. Um, I think that twelve nil. Is still Gladbach's biggest win in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm gonna go out of limb and say it probably is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't see that too often. Uh, I think Bayern beat Dortmund once. What was it, eleven-one or eleven-nil? Anyhow, um, I'm glad you bring up Gladbach because that kind of gets us. So we we have this title challenge, right? Uh, very exciting, but. Gladbach, Dortmund's next opponent, and Eintracht Frankfurt, Bayern's next opponent, are separated by just one point with Leverkusen in between them, also on 55 points. So Gladbach on 55, Leverkusen on 55, Frankfurt on 54, on fourth, fifth, and sixth. That's, that's tight race for the Champions League. Very tight race. And that race for the Champions League is completely tied in with the title race because Gladbach will have to win to retain this position and Frankfurt have to win to take it back. And then at the same time, hope that Leverkusen, um, do a Leverkusen and head in Berlin, right? Wow. What, I mean, it, how amazing is that setup, Jack? The fact that. <laughs> yeah. The only team that's kind of cemented in place is Leipzig in third and, and they're playing against Bremen who are not going to be able to to spring into one of the European places anyway. But, it, you know, it's it's a great final day. Yeah, I don't think we could have wished for anything better. So, yeah, it's, let's talk about Frankfurt first. <laughs> yeah, we, def- we definitely got our wishes. Everyone who was like, oh, well, I just want it to be a title race going into <laughs> late April, May, you know. It's like, all right, well, we got our wish. So <laughs> We everything to play for, everything in this league, except for relegation, which usually is uh, not the case. Um, but everything else is still to be played for. Even the Europa League spots, um, you know, with Wolfsburg, Hoffenheim and Bremen, 50-50, 1-52, still super tight as well. But, um, and it, I mean, even in, even looking, you mentioned that even in the Zweite Bundesliga, it's been really topsy-turvy at the end of the year with Hoffenheim not winning any of their last five. Like, uh, don't worry, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a haha as well on the list. <laughs> Topics, uh, but I want to talk about this Frankfurt side first. Um, a lot of drama. I covered that game on Thursday over on Fußballstadt.com, and what a Europa League season this, the Eagles have played. And really, that one penalty, and unfortunately, it was Hinteregger that missed the penalty that would have put it away for Frankfurt, right? And then uh, Gonzalo Pacienza uh, missing the second penalty that ended it. Um, 
Hinteregger for me, the best player on the pitch that game. And I gave him the man of the match anyways, because I thought he was the Austrian oak. He was incredible um, in that defense. What, what a great mid-season signing. Oh, my word. You yeah, know, that's something I feel like we don't usually see in this league, especially moving within the league. Yeah. After he ended more or less ended Manuel Baum's <laughs> coaching career. <in> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just need to point that out. But um, yeah, him and Rode, uh, who unfortunately went out with um, a damaged knee and it looks like he needs surgery on that knee against Chelsea. Um, those two signings were immense. But I mean, everything that Bobic touches right now in Frankfurt, uh, the sporting director turns into gold. He lo- they lost Kovac in the summer. Everyone said, okay, well, that's going to be the end of Frankfurt's ambition. They go out and sign Adi Hütter from uh, E.B. Bern, who is an even better coach. I mean, there's Bayern fans now joking, we should have signed Hütter instead of Kovac, right? Um, I mean, the way they play football, it's very physical, very, very physical. And I, that's what, what I think really surprised Chelsea. Because they're like, okay, this is this Bundesliga team that spent just a bit less than 10 million euros to get all these amazing players. Um, what are they all about? And they can't be that good. They just get the first 40 minutes in Frankfurt. They're just completely hammered against the wall. And then in the, the second in, in London, you know, a very difficult place to play. They didn't know what hit them. And that's how they played all season long. And the, the question, of course, now, um, we, we're recording this right after the Ryan Mine derby, right? Um, they seemed a bit exhausted today. And the question that we had, and we discussed this off, offline, are they going to be able to collect themselves? Like, take a, take a week off, really prepare themselves for that one last game win that big game in Munich because this will be the latest of a long series of big games that they had. And remember, Schachter Donetsk, Benfica, uh, Inter Milan, Chelsea. They've, they faced a lot of big teams. Um, Olympic Marseille, of course, in the group stage as well. Can they collect themselves one more time and, you know, do over another big opponent? It's, it's a big question, right? Yeah, with, without a doubt. And they, they've only won, I think, one of their last nine matches in, in all competitions. But like you said, it's been really a murderer's row of a, of a stretch there. And without some of their strikers who have really carried this team, they've, they've been, like you said, they're very physical. But it's been those three guys up top, uh, Aler, Jovic, and Rebic, who've provided the firepower to get them through. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's going to be a, a week off for them, very much needed. But I don't know. They they show last year that they could take down Bayern on the big stage. Yeah, I was at that game um, together with Chris, and they lost to Bayern a couple of weeks before that in the Bundesliga four one. You know, no one, no one gave Frankfurt a chance going into that game, and they beat Bayern, and that gives me. I hope is the wrong word because I, I, I tweeted this out earlier. I don't really care who's going to win the title in the end. I, I wanted a title race, but that really gives me hope that we'll see something very dramatic on Saturday that they're just going to be able to collect themselves because Sebastian Haller looks like he's going to be back for this one too, um, which will give them a big pump uh, in the arm, right? So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. Now, of course, um, Frankfurt, even if they win this game, um, doesn't mean that Bayern are not going to win the title because Dortmund are going to Gladbach. 
and Gladbach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not they can't just rely on outside hope. They have to do their job too. Yeah, Gladbach are on that fourth place. Um, remarkably, after being very cold in the second half of the season, somehow are still in fourth place because no one seems to want it, right? Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I mean. What what Gladbach side are we gonna get on Saturday? Are we going to get a Gladbach side that's play, gonna play against Nuremberg? Remember Torgen Hazard? Um, everyone in Germany expects him to go to Dortmund, right? Yeah, that's what that's what the Pulisic money is earmarked for, right? Yeah, some of it, anyways. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that's like a Lothar Matthäus kind of thing. Remember Lothar Matthäus <laughs> playing against Bayern and then missing the penalty? Ah, there's there's a lot on the line. Um, in this game. And, you know, yes, Bayern could lose to Frankfurt, but Dortmund could lose to Gladbach. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's true. Also, how, oh man, how devastating would that be for Dortmund fans if <laughs> you see Frankfurt get a result and then Dortmund can't take care of their own business? It'd be a fitting end to the season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time, what did Matthias Sommer say um, on Eurosport? Um, Dortmund was handed the 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 championship on a silver plate and they said uh no thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh but um not entirely incorrect no definitely not yeah I, I that's final match day i mean that's going to be um very exciting i'm, I'm very much looking forward to be uh, back home for it um so yeah what are, what are we going what's our expectations then for this final week uh, any predictions? You, are you daring to make a prediction, Jack? Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of had the feeling that Leverkusen, after the past couple weeks, were going to sneak back into the Champions League. But I, again, that, def- <laughs> that depends on Gladbach. Yeah, I and I, I didn't. I, I just can't figure them out. <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out Leverkusen either. I've, I've been trying. I said it last week. I'm not going to tip them to win anything next year. Just I just know better now. Um, and no Dortmund. You heard, not- here, you heard it here first, people. Bet on them to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, the thing is, though, uh, I know Dortmund fans are hoping they're not going into the Champions League because it looks like Dortmund are going to sign Julian Brandt if Leverkusen fail to reach the Champions League, right? Um, why, why? Okay, my question, though, why are they only signing attackers? Like they got to sign a fullback, right? I think they have that earmark too. Um, I, I'm yeah, pro- probably few... they'll they'll have a lot of budget to spend anyway. Yeah, because they didn't spend all the Dembele money yet, right? And um, <laughs> that's still floating around there. Even though Watzke will tell you some of it had to go to the tax man. Yeah, don't forget that. Some of it went to the tax man. You can spend all the money. In Germany you have to pay taxes. I, 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 at least someone's <laughs> paying their taxes in football. Yeah. Uh, they, they're a shareholding company. They have to lay it all open. So that's unfortunate for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't figure out Leverkusen because I thought, and this, this is going to be a nice transition to the next topic. I thought they're going to absolutely hammer. Uh, Schalke. Chris, of course, knew better. He said last week that they won't because they're Leverkusen and they didn't. <laughs> it's like they had that when, what was it? Um, in March, they kind of had that dip. Yeah. They lost to, to Bremen, then they lost to Hoffenheim, and then beginning of April, they lost to Leipzig, but then they came back four wins in a row now. Yeah. And then a drug on Schalke. 
yeah, and that's uh, remarkable to drop points against Schalke. Um, it, it, that takes some doing. Of course, only once Schalke were already safe, of course. Yeah, uh, Schalke really don't care. What a nightmare of a season! Thirty-two points. I think the the most remarkable thing about Schalke finishing with thirty-two points is that that's not straight relegation because in the past it used to be. And there's the fact that, you know, um, Fortuna Düsseldorf and Mainz are finishing with around 40 points and I'm in the mid table. You know, you used, you, it used to be 40 points to be safe in the league, Jack. Exactly. Yeah. Now they're, they're well clear of that. Yeah. But it's so tight. I mean, the entire league is so close, um, together. But yeah, let's talk about Schalke because they signed a new head coach for next year and. The theme about this entire summer is going to be all these new coaches because Oliver Glasner going to Wolfsburg, right? David Wagner um, is the new head coach at, at Schalke. Julian Nagelsmann at Leipzig. Uh, Schröder at Hoffenheim, a really interesting coach as well. We might have a coaching change at Bayern as well. Um, you know, there's a bunch of rumors going around. Um, a lot of new interesting coaches in the league. Coaching has been something that we've criticized a little bit. Um, the fact that the Bundesliga teams lost to the Premier League teams and were all coached in many, re- in many ways and was identified as the big difference, not the money spent on players, but actually the code, the fact that Premier League clubs have spent more on coaches. And there's a lot of changes in coaching and Schalke probably signing the most wanted head coach in German football in David Wagner because we all expected him to come back from, to make that next year step from Huddersfield to a bigger club. Um, there was a lot of people, a lot of clubs in Germany, um, wanting him, giving him a, wanting to give him a chance because we all expect him to turn into the new Jurgen Klopp and all that, right? I'm not saying the same, but there is that expectation. Um, and Schalke got him. I mean, that's interesting itself. Yes, Schalke are a massive club, but, to be able to sign David Wagner. It's a real statement of intent that they really want to turn things around, right? And what can we expect from him next year? Yeah, like you said, Manu, I think De- uh, David Wagner, a very desirable name on the market, kind of a weird ending at Huddersfield, but I think it ended up being more of mutual consent in that separation than we saw at the time. Obviously, Huddersfield, a terrible season, but they spent no money. They came up to the Premier League the year that they had came up they they spent like five million on transfers so it's not like the squad was in any shape to stay around but it's just somewhat just a club like you would expect oh the coach gets you up well maybe you'll go back down but then you're in a good position to come right back up but anyway like you said one of the most sought names in in german football and i think he'll bring a lot to schalke <laughs> of course i don't know i it's just a place that i would not want to go if i was a coach it just seems like there's there's something going on there. One of my American friends um, asked me um, it, when it was announced because they, of course he he's a former U.S. national team player, right? Um, German American um, signing going to Schalke. What do you make of this move? And I'm like, huh? poor guy, <laughs> this coaching graveyard. I, I personally think he's a great coach, <laughs> but it, he's going to a, a coaching graveyard. So. I'm really curious to see if he can finally get some stability to this club because they they are a massive club, um, membership wise, financially too. They're a big club, um, but they they are also a club that can go from second in the league to almost relegation within two years. You know, they, they, that's that's the typical Schalke boy. So I'm really curious to see if he can, if he can change that. So uh, I wish him all the best. I, I really yeah. Yeah, me as well. And I think it's, it's good for him. He'll finally have the tools at his disposal to try to get that club back up to an elite level. Because I mean, if they could go from 
almost at the bottom or from second to almost the bottom, why not go from almost the bottom back into to fourth or something? Mm-hmm. You know, they won't have to deal with Champions League. I think that that ended up kind of depleting their squad. They just weren't in position to go for that, and they they did lose some key pieces last summer, but. Um, I don't know. That's <laughs> if they can just keep their strikers healthy. Maybe that, mm. like, Mbolo has has had his moments. That if he can stay healthy, I think he's a great striker. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, and maybe um, sign a few players uh, for midfield. Bring back a world class midfielder, Max Meyer from Crystal Palace. You know, <laughs> I don't know if they have that much money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Um. You already kind of hinted on this, uh, and I want to talk about um, the craziness in Bundesliga too. We know, it's pretty much official now, we know that Hamburg are not going to be back in the Bundesliga next year. They are three points behind Union Berlin, one third in that promotion relegation board. So yeah, you're saying, okay, hang on. Hold on there now. Three points, that's, they can make that up. Yeah, but they would have to win that last game 21-0. <laughs> Even more difficult than a situation that Dortmund find themselves in. Hamburg have scored only 42 goals, but also conceded 42. That's not a top Bundesliga 2 side by any uh, no. stretch of the imagination. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I tweeted earlier, ha, 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 is foul. Um, that, that's actually... Um, you know, a part of their, their hymn, like their, their club hymn. Um, it also <laughs> unfortunately is something that you can turn down, turn around real quick because it is pretty funny. Um, of course, not if you're a Hamburg fan, um, not so much, but yeah, the fact that a second year in Bundesliga too, uh, I alluded to this last year, last week that I said that it might actually not be a bad thing for them because they can get rid of players like Lazoga, Hunt, um, Holby. Uh, players that cost them a lot of money but did not perform to the level of money that they were spending on them and maybe clean house a little bit and forced to really reform that club a little bit. Um, Köln, when they for, got, a few years ago missed out on promotion and had to spend a second year in the Bundesliga 2 and it really actually helped them. So maybe that's something good for them. So yeah, they're not going up. Um, but who's going up, Jack? I mean, on your own? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just, uh, another thing on that topic, like you said, uh, you think sometimes you, you're going to go down, you hit the reset button, but it's not that easy. Like you yeah. said, you need to clear house with some of that personnel and sign some players on cheaper contracts that actually can get the job done. Lasoka on almost five million a year. You know, that's yeah, that, it, it just criminal. it really reminds me of, of my club Aston Villa because yeah. we overspent on so many players went down and like Micah Richards I think we've paid him like 50,000 a week and he's made like 27 appearances in five years or something something really pathetic you know that's a really <laughs> good comparison though you that's you know for English listeners trying to listen in that's a very good comparison Aston Villa and Hamburg like size wise and you know the, the, the pedigree that they have as clubs but just not smart um, in the way they went back up because you missed out on promotion last year at Aston Villa, right? And uh, well, two two years in a row. Last year, yeah. at least, we went to the playoff final and back in the playoffs this year. But um, <laughs> yeah, it just you you can just plug the gaps with strikers like Ross McCormack, who ended up have to go to Australia or something after spending fifteen million on him. Like you, you have to do it a little bit differently. Yeah. Like I don't know if Hamburg thought they could just come down they have some players that were playing in the the top division well 
guess what? Some people are coming up from the third division. They can beat you. <laughs> Paderborn. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've been, I don't know, I, I haven't watched them a lot this season. I can't say that, but I'm impressed that they're going back up because... They might. They, it's not sure yet, right? They could still finish third oh, yeah, and lose yeah, to Stuttgart. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. We won't find out until next week, but... Um, it but be, even that they're in that position is, yeah, is very impressive. Very impressive. And, you know, you don't really want to bet against them. Um, they have their final match against Dresden, um, Dynamo Dresden, who are safe. They don't, you know, they don't have to worry about anything. Um, so for them, it's going to be a holiday. Uh, we, we went to Dresden on the final match day last year. It's a great stadium, great facility. But, you know, for them, they, for, for Dresden, Dynamo Dresden, it was really about reestablishing themselves in the Bundesliga too, so that they eventually they can grow and become a Bundesliga team. Um, once again, because they're one of the most historical teams in East Germany, right? And for them, that's, that's the stepping stone, but they like really just wanted that stability and they got some of that this year. Um, they, they, they're safe now from relegation, um, with a match to play, which is, I think for them is, is a big deal. Um, and some really interesting players too, in, in Kone and, um, Schubert, Marco Schubert, the goalkeeper who is in high demand right now in Germany. So yeah, um, Paderborn, all they need to do is win that game and um, then they go up after a roller coaster. I mean, if you haven't listened um, to my the, the last two podcasts, um, here it is again. Um, they were relegated from the Bundesliga, right? Relegated from Bundesliga 2, relegated from the third division. Then a, my club, 1860, did them a massive favor by going bankrupt and not getting the license <laughs> for the third division. That's the only reason they did not get relegated into the Regionalliga. And if you get relegated in the Regionalliga, I know this well because my club played there, it's very hard to get out of the Regionalliga because until this season, you had to play a playoff even if you won your division, right? Um, and then, you know, so, you know, they managed to avoid that because, yeah, you walk in Paderborn, by the way. Um, then the next year, after <laughs> avoiding relegation on the green table, as we say in German, they go back up to Bundesliga 2. Right? Stay here. And now they're on the verge of going back up to the Bundesliga. All of this in five years. That's remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope they have um, some blood pressure med- medication for those fans because that's been nuts. <laughs> I don't think they've ever heard about something similar. I think Darmstadt once avoided relegation to the third division because someone went bankrupt. And the o- the only comparison I have is again in England, and it's going to be if Sunderland go back up if they continue it back up because they were going down kind of on that that yeah. plunge that trajectory, but not not as severely. Yeah, and then and no one they didn't get rescued by someone else's exactly. Bankruptcy. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's uh, what an amazing story. Um, I, I, I think Paderborn, the, the players that they have scouted, the coaching staff that they have at the moment, the sporting director, um, unfortunately, I think he is um, going to Leipzig. So that's going to be a big loss for them. Um, but they've just done all things right since their relegation to Regionalliga and, and jumping, <laughs> you know, avoiding death at the last second. Um, they have done everything right since then. Um, sometimes you need to shock the system a little bit, I guess, to wake up. And they did exactly that. So totally, I think I think that's like the lesson that that anyone can take from this is like if your club's going down, it's not the end of the world. That's probably actually a fresh start if you can get everything in order. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's why when I'm kind of banking on Hamburg, I think they just need to really clean house. They just need to think everything over and just make some massive decisions. 
um, for the future because they're not Köln. Um, for me, Köln was almost an accidental relegation last year. Totally, totally. Right, because they had everything. They they had a really good team, and they said, "Okay, crap. Well, we went down. That's too bad. But let's let's keep this team together." Um, add some key components to it. Um, you know, Mary, the defender, has been excellent. They were able to keep Timo Horn in goal. Jonas Hector renewing his contract. You know, a national team player going down the Bundesliga. Yeah, that was, that was big for them. Very big. And basically ending his national team career doing so, right? And um, Terode was massive for them. Giving um, John Cordoba a second chance um, after, you know, they, they really hoped that he would be much more than he was in that Bundesliga season. Um, and he scored 20 goals this year. So they did everything right and really stayed calm, um, as calm as Köln can ever be, and took the right lessons from this. And I think Hamburg, you know, they just, Hamburg was not an accidental relegation. They should have been relegated four years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like us with Villa. Like we, we had many seasons where we should have went down before that. Then we bought a bunch of good players, I will say, but. Ended up going down that year. It finally will catch up to you. You can't. Yeah. You can uh, escape the Grim Reaper forever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, we know Köln is going up. They had a big championship celebration. The result that they had this weekend reflected that too. <laughs> 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 they they lose, lost three five to uh, Regensburg. Um, I think. I think they've kind of known they were going up <laughs> for a little while because yeah. their recent form has not been great. Yeah, they got it over the line last week and then they won the championship in the Bundesliga, <laughs> right? And I think they've been partying ever since. Um, the game really much highlighted that. So yeah, um, Jack, I, I think we pretty much covered everything. We're going to have some really big decisions, both in the Bundesliga and Bundesliga two next weekend. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm really excited to have you on this podcast. We have to have you on more often. Um, it's always really enjoyable chatting to you. So we'll have to make sure to make this, uh, a more common occurrence and also uh, maybe next time um, with Chris and Bryce back, you know, Chris, hopefully uh, if you listen, I, I hope, you know, the Champions League final is just around the corner. You're going to win that. It's going to be fine. And uh, Bryce, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you followed the match as well, but um, you know, you're in a stack too. So I don't think you cared much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least from what the messages uh, I, I'm, I'm going to not uh, disclose them. Um, that wouldn't be fair. Anyways, Jack, uh, where can people find you online? I, I know you got a new gig. Um, so the floor is yours to promote whatever you want to promote. Um, yeah, go, go let people know where they can find you, follow you and see what you're up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, still on Twitter. That's a good place to find me just at Jack Grimsey. And I guess that's where I'm at on other social networks as well. If, if you're on there. So yeah, I mean, I'll be. Always tweeting about Bundesliga, of course, because I love to watch it, but not as not as fun as uh, as talking about it here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so re I really appreciate you having me on, as always. <laughs> You'll be back soon, I hope. Yeah, you can find me at uh, at Manuel Vef. Um It's going to be a bit of a quieter week. I'm joking; it's not. I'm actually at the, the Atlanta United game. Whitecaps hosting Atlanta United. Really looking forward to it. Uh, really looking forward to speak to Frank de Boer. And, um, see Atlanta, what Atlanta is all about. It's the first time I see them live in stadium and they're one of the more exciting teams to watch in this league. So I'm looking forward to that. And then on Thursday, I'm jumping on a plane and I will be flying to Germany to cover the final match day of the Bundesliga and then the German Cup final and the relegation matches. And then 
I'm heading back um, to, for, for my full-time job at Pro Soccer USA. So yeah, you can follow me at Manuel Weff. You can fire and find the Atlanta United co- coverage at, at Pro Soccer USA um, or prosoccerusa.com. And then of course, all the Bundesliga coverage, uh, Europa League, Champions League, all those games that we covered throughout the year, they're all available at Football Grad Live, as is this podcast, as is the Football Grad podcast. So yeah, follow all those accounts. Well, that's it from me. Until next week, auf Wiedersehen. Ich war seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, ich hab zu holen. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.